Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, we had a change of plans and came up with a really neat idea where we're going to get rid of a whole bunch of topics that we had on our no-fly list and see how many we can bang out in about 45 minutes. We'll probably, you know, aim for about there anyway. So, we've got a 20-sided die. I've got a list of uh, 30... No, 44, no, no, 34, 34 different topics that we can quickly go through. Uh, Some of them are just asking an opinion. Some of them are full topics that we don't think we could get 45 minutes out of. Anyways, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Sarah, and as always, the ravishing Peter. Hey, everyone. So, uh... We also have... Our daughter in studio audience, which means I can't make a joke about Peter. You can too. That's what I'm saying. If that's going to be the case, right. I will remove the child. Then what else is Peter ravishing? Well, there you go. See? That's what I'm saying. If it's going to come to that, we'll just remove the child. Yeah, she's mature enough. She's heard worse come from us, I'm sure. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, how are you guys been anyway? I'm sick. You're sick? I have a you got that sinus, sinus thing going infection, on? Yeah. Yeah, not my fault. I didn't do it. No, Whoop. nobody's fault. Nobody's been sick at all. It's just all of a sudden it just decided to hit me. I'm awesome. Like always. <laughs> I have a request from a listener for you for uh, the closing sentence. <laughs> yes. And you're probably going to like it. I'll, I'll tell you that later. I got it written down at my desk. Anyways, okay, so who wants to roll first? You've got the dice. I don't okay. should have at least given time. us each a dice or something. Well, I well I got one to twenty, and then I tried to get one to twenty again. So just in case we roll doubles, the other if we don't, then whatever. We'll just keep going. Okay, so let's see. Matt's rolling. Uh, well, it was a natural twenty. I was hoping this was going to be later on, but uh, b- the best live action Batman. Best live action Batman. Oh. Ooh. Um, TV show or movie? TV show, yeah. Live action. Live action. So not cartoon, obviously. Um, this is showing my age to all you people out there, but I'm gonna go with the original uh, Blue Undies Batman in the gray. Adam West, you mean? Adam West. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Why Adam West? I was a kid, and so as a kid, congratulations. He's got that memory in me from childhood memory. Right, both him and Robin, and he was a lot more fun, right? Just to watch. Uh, even the the criminals were much more fun. They weren't as uh, why so serious, right, as they are today. They were fun because they were campy. Yeah, and that campiness appealed to kids. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So and the show was, was geared towards that. Yeah, I enjoyed it when I watched it when I was yeah. younger. And 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 you've heard me always argue over the fact that when it started getting darker. The Dark Knight series, especially, oh, it was like the fun's out of it. You know what? I never thought of it that way. But yeah, I mean, my answer was gonna be my answer is Michael Keaton, him being the original movie Batman and the best one out of them all. I just thought he he did such a good Bruce Wayne on top of the Batman character as well that I don't know. I didn't find the Batman and Batman Returns as dark as the later ones. They got darker. Um, and I also enjoyed, um, oh my God, uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker as well. Yeah. 
he had that fun. He looked like he had fun doing it. And it wasn't a serious character like um, the other fella later on. His name I don't remember. <coughs> I can't even picture what he looks like. Heath Ledger? That guy, yeah, sure. Well, Jack Nicholson warned Heath Ledger that the Joker character can get in your head and do some crazy shit. And apparently one of the side effects of doing the Joker role was uh, lack of sleep. And that's what caused a lot of problems. People start taking sleepy pills and sometimes they don't wake up. Um, mine is also Michael Keaton. And I think it's because it took it out of it being like the campy Batman and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I grew up with Adam West and I love that campy yeah, stuff. Same. And and that's always like the first Batman that most kids see, you know, well, maybe not anymore, but our daughter's seen the, the old retro Batman, the ba- Adam West Batman. Well, she also has a signed picture from uh, Burt Ward on her wall. That's true too. Yes. Yeah, she met him at Comic-Con. But no, when when they made the Tim Burton's Michael Keaton one, that kind of brought it into a more serious realm. And when it first came out, I wasn't allowed to watch it because it was in 1989 and I was born in 1985. And four. Four, yeah. I don't even know anymore. You're and just trying to get further away from 40. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's not working. <coughs> but, like, it, 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 he was cooler. The car, yeah. the car, even though the 60s car was, like, the initiation of cool... Like, like it, it was, for the it 60s, was cool that was time, a cool yeah. friggin' car. Isn't that the car with the flaccid fin? No, that was Batman Forever. And then specifically in Batman and Robin, it had a bad one, too. But no, when they added the side fins to the Michael Keaton Batmobile, that was the coolest thing i ever seen. Because you don't see cars like that. Yeah. Whereas in the 60s, there were cars that were like his Batmobile, <laughs> but... Yeah. You know, just different. <coughs> yeah, so that's that's my thoughts on the best Batman. Some people say uh, Ben Affleck because he fits the role better. Um, I don't agree. The only reason they were saying he fit the role better is because he was more muscular, he's taller, and he kind of fills out the suit better. Well, I'm sorry, in the first Batman and Batman versus Superman uh, Returns. Oh, my bad. They made Michael Keaton look like the Batman. It didn't matter that Michael Keaton was five foot whatever. Yeah. You know, they, they made it look like Batman. And that's what an actor does. An actor portrays someone they're not. And if that's the case, then Michael Ooh. Keaton had to work a lot harder and got a better character it off of it. also shows Michael Keaton's um, popularity and, and the fact of how popular he is amongst Batman fans. Because even New Girl, they had a storyline where Schmidt, as a child who was depressed, was communicating with Michael Keaton. And as Schmidt got older, the letters stopped going. So Nick would Nick created an email called Keaton Potatoes, instead of Meat and Potatoes, from Michael Keaton. So And they did it because Schmidt, as a kid, was a fan of Michael Keaton as Batman. And it just came out in a whole... Like one of the Halloween episodes, and it was it was really good. Like it just shows you how how iconic Michael Keaton really made that role. A lot of the roles he was in, because you have uh, Batman, you've got Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, Beetlejuice. You know you can't forget that. Multiplicity was amazing. Um. Oh, he's done a few. I'm really old. Why? <laughs> how old are you? 
Older. Okay. <clears throat> I'm in the middle. <laughs> All right. Who wants to roll next? Give it to Peter. He's closest, and then he can pass it to me. Eleven. Uh, is perfection the cause of anxiety? The game perfection. The game perfection. Yeah. You know the game where it, you push the thing down and you have to put all the shapes in before the timer goes off? No. Not for you? Not for me. I loved it. I was always really good at it. But especially simple codes like that. Like I'm the kid that did cryptograms, right? And I still do crosswords. So it's right up there in word puzzles for me as well as to just figure out what the code is. And when you know that there's only so many that you can get, um, you can really begin to really, really twist it out. If you ever want to play perfection with me and screw me up, use double colors. Are but, you sure you know what game you're playing? Or is perfection the one where you've got... No, that was Mastermind. Perfect, perfection's the game where you push the thing in and you have you set the timer and you got to put all the shapes in the right hole. Oh, sorry. No, I was thinking... Um, you were thinking Mastermind. Mastermind. Yeah, yeah I was thinking I Mastermind. Know. Totally different game. Came out the same year, though. Perfection... <laughs> Yes, that's a behavior and frustration, but my hand-eye coordination sucks. <laughs> it's like right there. Like, you know, we were playing, what, uh, Fortnite? And Matt's brother had to look at me and say, well, if it wasn't someone shooting at the ground before, I realized I wasn't even aiming in the right spot. So that's how bad I am with visual stuff like that. Not Fortnite. No. Warframe? No. That was the shooting one, Warframe. I, I didn't... Trying to get things done in a certain time frame. It's like, ah, shit. You know, like, I can't. Freaking star won't go in the star thing because you don't have the points, right? And next thing you know, the board explodes and you're like, son of a bitch. See, I only knew, like, one guy who had the game. My and I tried it one time it. when I was there and they had all the pieces. And it's like, okay, go. And you realize, you know, this is a hard game when you first start it, right? So, of course, it goes off. It shoots them in my face and all that kind of stuff. So then the next time we went, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to play Perfection again. Well, I go to play, and I'm like, hey, do you still have Perfection? He's like, yeah, but we don't know where any of the pieces are. I'm like, oh, well, then that makes the entire thing pointless. It does. When you lose a piece of that game or even a couple pieces, you're kind of screwed. So Yeah. yeah but, I mean, much. it was, I oh, I hated that game. But, but, but it's, it's, it's like Matt said, it's the, it's the, it's the time, that, that 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. And, even Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy, but I hate Jeopardy because you only have so long to answer that question. Yeah. Right? And like like I've said before, I got a huge <coughs> file system back in my brain. And it takes forever to go through the that. The good thing about watching Jeopardy nowadays, when they do the question, you can pause it and then start it again. <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cool now. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know, shooting star. If you could only pause perfection. Right? I, I can see if you had... You know, perfection, you could really get obsessed over it and try and... Like, if you have that type of personality, I could see how it could cause anxiety. So yeah. That's why when I do things now and I set time limits for myself, if I don't complete it in that time limit, I don't complete it. Yeah. So I make my time limit longer than I think the task is going to take, and then I'm fine. But it has definitely affected my life. Fuck off, fly. Um, in terms of time limits and stuff. I don't like it. So that's perfection. I don't do good under pressure. Oh, you got more about perfection? 
but not to completely knock it if you practice at it um it does have it can train you in some huge very good cognitive abilities like shape recognition and rapid shape recognition and memory and blah 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 well i got i did get good at it when you didn't set the timer you know i did it as fast as i could still but i just didn't set the timer to add that added pressure it shouldn't have been called perfection it should have been called pressure what was that what was that other one frustration yeah, I think that yeah, that one also would have been a good name for this one. I don't remember frustration too much. That came out after perfection. I don't know. Uh, I don't fucking know. Either. Or maybe it's just no. That's trouble. Th- that's trouble or sorry. Yeah. No, sorry didn't have a bubble. Yeah, I think it didn't. No, I don't think it did. Anyway, oh, maybe it didn't. Anyway, go ahead, give us a roll. All right. Four. Four. Babysitting. Have you ever babysat? Have you ever had yep. a good babysitter or a bad babysitter? What do you got for us, Sarah? Well, my my babysitter was my brother because he was seven years older than me. So I would classify that as a bad babysitter. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Sometimes he was. He made me eat Lily of the Valley once when I was four. I was in the hospital sick because it was poisonous. <laughs> he told me it was salad. You ever babysat? Yeah, I babysat. Um, I did a whole job in one summer babysitting. Um our buddy Mason's cousin, actually. Um, yeah, we had a good time. I took him to see a scary movie. Well, when me and my older brother and sister were really, really young, i.e. under 10, all three of us, we were known for getting aunts who were watching us and uncles who were watching us and babysitters who were hired to run screaming from the house. So um, <laughs> we, were the, we were the horrible children that would gang up. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that they, they do exist in the world. Adam and I were latchkey kids, so you can imagine that when we got home, it was just the two of us, so a lot of the times he, he would make macaroni, like craft dinner or hot dogs. So when I was our daughter's age, I already knew how to make hot dogs and craft dinner by that time, and my mom gave me shit for trying to teach her how to make stuff in the microwave, and I'm like, Mom, I used to boil water at her age, like... Come on, seriously? She's like, you did? I'm like, yeah, you guys were never home. You worked all the time. Like, that's how things were in the 80s. But, um, no, my brother, he wasn't that bad of a babysitter. But we did used to get into our trouble sometimes. Like, we Christmas time, we always knew where the presents were hidden. So we'd snoop. We learned how to pick locks at an early age. Um, oh, yeah. You know, um, what else did we do? Oh, he used to play Barbies with me. But, oh, he had to pack it up before mom and dad got home because or help us that they find out he's playing Barbies and now it all makes sense. You know? But I mean, like, he wasn't that bad of a babysitter, but we did have some really bad battles when mom and dad weren't home. Like, we went after each other with a baseball bat and he threw my ghetto blaster and broke it at me. And frying pans. and uh, we, When we went after each other during our alone times, it was brutal. I had a couple different times babysitting. Uh, I used to babysit uh, Aunt Becky's kids uh-huh. uh and becky had a pool and she said whatever you do don't let nathan into the pool he he, he will try don't let him into the pool all right so sure enough and becky goes to work a little bit later nathan sneaks by me and gets in the pool i'm also watching his two other sisters at this time right kind of so he gets in the pool and i'm like hey if you get out right now i won't tell mom that you were in the pool Really? Yeah, if you get out right now, I won't tell mom that you were in the pool. Oh, okay, thanks, Cousin Matt. And he gets out of the pool, and he goes and he dries off, and he changes back into his normal clothes. And 
his mom comes home. I'm like, yeah, uh, so we had a thing. You know, he went in the pool. I told him that I wouldn't tell you, so you don't know this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he, he did try it. She's like, well, as long as you got him out of the pool and you handled it well. Well, an earlier time than that, I was over babysitting, and I had forgotten to change the youngest one's diaper before putting them to bed. And when she woke up, the diaper was so full that the gel was falling out of the seams of the <laughs> diaper. So Aunt Becky's like, well, you forgot. Your punishment is you got to clean up all the gel that's all over the floor. I'm like, that's fair. So, you know, you get the broom out and you sweep it up. It's not really that messy. It's all mainly a solid at that yeah. point. But, yeah. I never had to change diapers. I never babysat anybody that young. The Honestly, the first diaper I ever changed was our daughter's. Um, other than that, I was more I like I watched my niece and nephew be like changed. I'm like, oh, that's okay. So I kind of had an idea how to do it, but I had no idea. You know, not a clue. Did either of you ever take courses on babysitting yeah. to learn, you know, Heimlich maneuver and things to do when there's a fire or or anything like that? It was offered in school for free by no, the Red Cross. We were just told to handle it. If there was a fire or something, you deal with it. Do what you're supposed to do. But there was no, they didn't exist when I was babysitting, first of all. It's, it's, 911 it didn't exist. I have to look exist. at it as a very modern thing from my point of view. Because back in the 70s, I'm sure there was some somewhere. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, 911 didn't even exist yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, it's like, come on. It was spend for yourself time. Be home by the time the streetlights come on, and that was about it. So, what was that one? Yeah, babysitting. So, I, I did take a course. Me too. Through Red uh, Cross? No, it was through the YMCA. Oh, our, mine was through the Red Cross at school. I also took, uh, what the heck was it? They called it What It Takes to Survive Successfully, and it covered everything from cooking to finances to uh, changing diapers, raising kids, that you kind of thing. didn't pay that much attention, did you? It was essentially a home act. What are you talking about? I raised kids better than you raise kids. Whatever. I meant financially. And oh, financially. I can't figure that crap yeah. out, no. No, but that and, comes and successful. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyways, I believe it's your role, Matthew. Yeah, my turn. I got an eighteen. I guess I'm shooting high tonight. Disco. Who doesn't like disco? I kind of put this on the list. I think because I knew Peter would have a lot to say. Oh goodness, disco man! It is not dead. It is still alive. If only in my heart, and I'm not the only one. When I, I look at modern music, I see so many of its roots right in disco right as much as people want to say that it's like a horrible thing and what i the only thing that i find missing in modern music is, good god people music used to be fun it made you tap your foot that's what disco did you sat down and even today you sit down with a, a disco song and before you know it your tap is going your body is into it you want to dance and you want to dance and just have a good time right and again you know, back, back to batman why so serious people <laughs> have a little fun and that's what disco is all about. And that is the era where I'm at the bars and, and being out. So, yes, I am admit I will totally bias, but there is something so incredible and in my heart about disco. Um, Gloria Gaynor, oh, man, I, I could just go on and on. I'm just Disco like, told a story with the funk flair to it. it. Like, every song had a story to it and the repetition of the beat. And you're right. It definitely does inspire some music of today because you can hear 
hear it through techno and through the digitization of some of the music that you're hearing. So the influence has definitely reached to modern music. So in my opinion, like you said, disco is not dead. It's yeah. just, it's revived in a different way. You know? And, and disco is definitely a revamp of, Met, of uh, Motown. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, man, thank you, Motown. Thank you, disco. And oddly enough, even though I'm from a, you know, younger generation than I guess both of you, um, I completely love disco. I mean, to Bee Gees, Casey and the Sunshine, Sunshine Band, uh, oh God, so many, so many, so like Soul Train, like some of, oh, yeah. just good stuff, good stuff. Uh, even some of the Daft Punk stuff that is a little bit disco-y. It's got that disco. It's, again, it's kind of, of revived the disco, I think, in a way. Yeah. Not all of them, but the odd one, right? So, I wish disco would come back. Because, like Peter says, we, we don't have enough fun in our music anymore. No. Like, and it, nobody plays instruments You even anymore. had that disco flair a bit in some Queen songs. Like, they even brought it into their songs. And you see that now, like, oh, frig, I lost my train of thought. Choo-choo, going off the track, come back in an hour. Um, anyways, I'll go to my second thought. So Blondie was one of my favorite, and she was kind of like a disco rock. And so she kind of merged the two genres in a, in a certain way and becoming, well, De- Debbie Harry herself became kind of an iconic fixture for merging the two. And for me, she stands out. Uh, really? it, as from from that point of view, it would be her and Todd Benatar. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and and uh, but they flow together. But if you really want to listen to disco, <laughs> right? What is it? Um, what is it when you crash? Party crash? Party crash a wedding? Right? Because that is pretty much these days where you hear. Yeah. Right. It's part of the repertoire. <clears throat> we need more disco nightclubs. I think. You know, we, or or if you go to like an indoor roller rink, they're always going to be playing disco music, right? Oh, Peter's yeah, flipping like, out. Like, like, yeah, Peter's losing it. Okay, Peter he, and I need to find he, a freaking roller disco. He needs his gold member scene. Hey, gold member. Yeah, see that I even brought it back for a gold member. Awesome. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, no, disco's everywhere. Is you just have to know how to hear it. The Midas touch, touch too much. <laughs> But yeah, disco's definitely not dead. Let's all get sued. Yay. Uh, You did it. it. Yeah. So yeah, we we all wish disco would come back. We need the fun. We need the funk. We need it. Yeah. All right. Nobody dances anymore. Hold the tray. Is that a six? That was a six. Or is it a Uh, nine? Dinosaurs. Not not the TV show. Uh, not Jurassic Park, but dinosaurs. Actual dinosaurs. So, dinosaurs was actually the very first animal in my life that actually, like, grabbed my attention. And I was telling you about this the other night, but I had, like, these, like, um, coppery metal dinosaur pencil sharpeners that yeah, my parents would yeah, get me after I cool. after I finished a grade as a reward. And I had a bunch of them, and I, sh- I actually managed to find some pictures of them online. But the stegosaurus was my favorite. I loved doing it, and I drew a picture of a brontosaurus once, and it got on Romper Room. It was all featured on Romper oh, Room. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, I had dinosaur sheets. I had dinosaur everything. Like, I loved them, and it was like one of those first set of animals that ever just kind of captivated me, and I think it was just the size. 
And I looked at them and I'm like, holy crap, like these are amazing animals. And now it's come back to my life again in the last few years. And it's like, oh, I forgot how much I love these animals. Everything's dinosaurs, dinosaurs, dinosaurs. I even bought like those toy fossil kits where you chip away. You guys remember me sitting here during 2020 doing those. And I would dig out the fossils and it would take me a day. But my God, did I have blast doing those things. I think I went through, what, five or six of those kits? Just And they were just plastic bones. I couldn't put them together. Matt did. But I would dig them out because that was the best part was digging them out. I loved it. So dinosaurs have always been a huge influence for me. Go T-Rex. Right. He's it, clearly based off of dinosaurs. Clearly based yeah. off of dinosaur memory. Uh, so, but as to my favorite dinosaur, I know I'm supposed to say Brachiosaurus, but I I I knew him and grew up with him as a brontosaurus. Well, brontosauruses are a bit smaller. Yeah, but even still, it's that whole brontosaurus thing of you know, mm-hmm. and and then as I got older and you hear Mighty Python, right? You know, you know, my theory is right. Dinosaurs are small at one end, big in the middle, and small at the other, and you go brontosaurus, <laughs> right? Dino from the Flintstones. Yeah. Right, and so it just so became the image dinosaur for me and still is I think with the Flintstones for me like seeing the dinosaurs and the Flintstones it didn't really I love that show I grew up with that show but when we studied them I don't remember what grade it was I think I want to say it was grade one like we studied dinosaurs like the basic stuff obviously in grade one and that's when I'm like oh my gosh they are huge and it was so majestic like I look back at them now and I'm like they're such majestic creatures and it's like I was always it just brought me into it the, the one with the fin, they, they, they glue a fin on top of an iguana. Oh, the dimorphodon? Or, yeah, yeah, and then to find out as an adult, because it was so fake, you always thought that that was just a fake dinosaur to begin with. Yeah. And then to find out that, no, that's actually based on a real dinosaur that, that, as an adult. <coughs> it was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, one of my things is, I said this the other day, you know how dinosaurs lived in the BC era before Christ? Am I using air quotations? And now we're in the 80. I call that the after dinosaurs. I don't really know what AD stands for, so I go with after dinosaurs. Yours kind of overlapped, I think. Probably. But anyways, but yeah. Because everything's after dinosaurs. We could do a whole podcast on dinosaurs alone, but get more scientific-based. But to talk about our favorite and how we got into them is, I think, just as important. So, like, growing up, one of the first cartoons I fell in love with was with the Transformers. And relatively quickly, they developed the Dinobots. And you get Grimlock not so dumb. <laughs> and Grimlock was amazing because he was dumb, you know. <coughs> yeah. He would sit down, tell Grimlock about the Petro Rabbits, you know. And just a big dumb guy, but then he goes out in the battlefield and like completely annihilates everything, right? And in later renditions, they kind of... So, at one point, Grimlock does get, like, this super smart thing going on. He ends up transferring that off of himself onto something else to make something, Computron or something. Anyway, not important. But, um, uh, so he went from being dumb to smart to back to dumb, but not as dumb. And in the newer renditions, they made it so that when he was in robot form... He was a super intelligent genius, but when he turned into his Tyrannosaurus mode, he went right back to Tyrannosaurus, like all the way. He had no personality except for yeah. being a Tyrannosaurus. 
but that's such a misconception because even back in the 80s before we knew a lot more it we were always taught they had small brains they weren't the smartest that's why they didn't live but that's not the case i think if um the big bang didn't happen or the meteor didn't hit um we would see them still today and they'd be ruling the planet but um they they're not none of them are as dumb as they were made out to be or thought to be i guess in the way they were actually very intelligent. They all had personalities. All animals have personalities, even if you go far back to extinct yeah, e- animals. Even, even the animals today, like if you look uh, a cat's brain, uh, a cat is technically smarter than a dog per brain capita. So it's not as smart as a dog can be, but in comparison to its brain size, yeah, it, it, it's a, a different... It's a... Bigger intelligence crammed into a smaller brain, where a dog has a bigger brain but doesn't use all of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same. Like, cause you look Does at that makes sense. Yeah, like look at the way um, orcas are. Right, they have one of the biggest brains. They have almost their brains similar to ours, but they have different systems and they're wired differently. But you can tell that these animals are sentient beings because of the way they grieve, or the way they communicate, or the way they pass on. Um, traditions, including hunting skills and stuff, they actually do that. They pass that on, and it comes down the matriarchal line. So to say that animals don't have feelings, and that includes dinosaurs because they are animals, um, is is kind of counterproductive because you can't say that one animal's got has all this stuff and then another one doesn't because they clearly do. Yeah. And even now, like if you look into it, there's scientific papers that actually fish, even aquarium fish, all have feelings. They can feel pain. So when that hook goes through their mouth, they're feeling that, and it hurts. And they respond to it. And I think that's why you see a lot of the fish flopping around and stuff. They're trying to get rid of that pain, you know. So I heard something the other day. Uh, There's a theory that uh, dinosaurs evolved into different bird species and different reptile species. And and, uh, one of it said, if dinosaurs eventually evolved into chickens... Then when you get your dino-shaped chicken nuggies, you're actually kind of eating dino. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, because obviously it, I I agree to the point that some dinosaurs did probably evolve into birds of some sort or some kind of um, what the hell's the scientific word for birds? Their bird family, whatever it is. Um, and, but I do also think that there's some that have evolved into reptiles and I think there's some that has evolved into some mammals because I look at the triceratops and I look at the rhinoceros and I don't see much of a difference and you can say, well, the rhinoceros came from the woolly rhinoceros, but that woolly rhinoceros had to come from something. So it probably evolved from a triceratops. You see that one bird is like a shoe, shoehorn bird or something like that. And it's got the great big freaking bill on it. it yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, it'll crush you. That's it, why I'm yeah. pretty sure Canadian oh geese are velociraptors. Oh, yeah, and they got razors in yeah. their teeth. Freaking Canadian oh. geese are psychotic, so they have to be velociraptor ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine if the T-Rex evolved into your everyday, you know, pigeon? <laughs> maybe that's what... It's like, maybe, oh, I've been maybe, demoted. It did. Maybe it evolved into the bald eagle. Yeah, maybe all the renditions we have of Tranus sources and stuff like that are just shot on an up angle and they're only actually the size of a pigeon i doubt it we've seen the bones honey yeah but have we i don't know (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I think it's your role, Sarah. Is it? Even though Peter scored the dino. That would have been a I no longer topic. care about any other topic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, this might be the last one. We're at 35 minutes, so it depends. Uh, I don't know if that's a nine or a six. So. Where's the dot? Um, dot's on the top. No, the bo- the dot will always be on the bottom. Oh, the bottom. It was on the bottom. So what is it? Six. So we just did that oh, one. Oh, we, we just did that one. Thirteen. Uh, if you had one hour with a celebrity, who would it be? Doesn't have to be a celebrity, right? Uh, Anybody famous or infamous? Uh, this one's sure. a hard one for me to say because rumors here, but um, I probably would go with Charles Manson, just because I think it'd be interesting to hear his point of view on things in person and to challenge him the way that nobody's ever challenged him before, and to to say to him like, hey. You know, you think you're so smart, but you're really not. I don't think you were behind any of that shit that happened. Um, You're just taking credit for it because you want to be the one that's all powerful and mighty. But I would like to challenge him on some of his views and just like and say, hey, listen, you know what? Like you're here and I'm here. You think a certain way because you're so immersed in having power over others. But when you, in reality, you really don't have power. I, I would like, to, I don't know. I would just really like to be able to sit there, talk to him, and challenge him, challenge his views. I think that'd be. I can't get too much into it because, you know, so because Eve is one of the worst people on this planet. So I would like to, yeah, just have that. It is, it's an interesting thought. You know, which side you go with? You know, from the worst or the best? Because it's 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 weird. I'm torn, right? On one hand, I want to say Buddha, and on the other hand, I want to say Confucius. Um, and I guess I'm the I'm the opposite side, right? You know, to sit down and really see if all of the secondhand stories that we've gotten, everything that when we talk about either of these people today, it's repeated repetition, and we know how when we talk tell stories, they slightly change over time, and we're talking centuries. So to sit down with these actual people and get it right from the horse's mouth, okay. Oh yeah, so you didn't mean that at all, or oh you did mean that. Oh, you or, mean like dispute the telephone game? Yeah. Where it's changed, people. So many people have said it from them that it's changed over the years. Yeah, because like, people have. So and so said this. Oh, so and so said this. Like the telephone game. Or they meant this is what they actually yeah. were saying, right? You know, and so to get that, just to to clear it, just to clear it in my own head, because it. I'm going to be honest. I've. I get them. I, I hear what they say in their writings and all of that. But if they're all agreeing, why are they, you know, fighting so hard to be independent is a big problem I have with it. So it's like, all right, let's look at how it goes, right? But yeah, that would be me to to find out that truth. But a truth, be, what can I say? I'm a Libra and Tiger, so. I have one. I, John Lennon would have been my other one, but I only really have one question for him. And that was, how, how, what do you think of today? Mm, yeah, because I don't be think happy. he'd like. I don't no. think he'd like what he sees. No. Uh, so for me, I was first trying to think of a celebrity, right? Whether or not live, dead, whatever, and I was having trouble coming up with one that would be like, "Yep, that'd be the one." And then Peter started mentioning a couple different philosophers and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, well, they are famous. So in that case, I was able to think of one right away, and I picked Nikola Tesla. Because a lot of his major works were lost. 
and the things that that man knew could fill a warehouse and probably did for a while until they burned down the warehouse. You know what I mean? Like, he was harvesting electricity from thin air. Yeah, I know. Like, that means electricity would be free for everybody. Just You just suck it out of the ionosphere, I think it, he was using. Free for everybody, and and that uh, eliminates all the gas, that eliminates the coal, that eliminates the nuclear power. Everything goes green, and nobody makes a dime, and that's the problem, because everybody's got to make a dime. Yeah. See, with Manson, it's not just challenging him, though, but also trying to figure out where his mindset is, you know, profiling him in a way. Well, with... Getting into that psychological yeah. side and not letting him get into your head. Well, that was why I wanted to pick Nikola Tesla because he was borderline crazy genius, right? Because most geniuses are. I don't know what that noise was. Thunder or a train? Bowling in heaven. But um, <laughs> with Nikola Tesla, he had not only the free energy, but he had like a spirit radio. Mm-hmm. So he was talking to the dead. You know, the, he created apparently anti gravity and a couple of other different things that have been buried and stuff. Like the conspiracy theories for him alone could go on for a podcast. Yeah, we could probably do a whole podcast on him alone. Yeah, I'll get Colleen Edison, on it. Edison basically stole most of his shit. Anyways. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was a conflict of interest over direct current and alternating current. Yeah. No, that's a good one, too. Like, both of you guys had good ones. Like, well, I feel like mine the, went to a really dark place really quick. <laughs> Well, well kind of, but it's because you want to understand the why. And I always have. That's why I'm such, like, I've been so immersive in the true crime is because I got into those profiling books and it's like, I want to understand what makes these people tick. And doing that is sitting down with them just the way the profilers did and trying to talk to them and finding out who they are, like, as an individual person. And, well, at least in Charles Manson's case, because he worked mostly in a cult, right? But, um, or sorry, a family, um, but you know, he can stip, he can slap lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig, right? Um, anyways, but having him on his own without having that anybody to influence, would he be different? And I could have said the same thing for, I could have said Edmund Kemper, but we already discussed that in the nature versus nurture that if I wanted to, I, what I had hoped to do was to reach out to him when i found out he doesn't correspond anymore i'm like oh well there's no point of reaching out to him and asking him that question if things had if he'd grown up in a loving household would he have turned out the way he was right so it's kind of like was manson as damaged at the beginning i wouldn't have a question that even he couldn't answer because you can't know what would have been if the situation was changed but i wanted to know what he would think like Mm. what he would surmise like because he even said, like, I don't think I would have done the things I would have done if I had a different life. And him knowing and him being as intelligent as he is, I think if, out of any of those notorious SKs, I can't say it, um, he would be the one that you could ask because his IQ was so high. And he he knew what he did was wrong and he took remorse and responsibility and, you know, he held himself accountable. That I respect. I don't respect what he did. But sitting down with somebody like that, you could get a lot more answers from. And and having somebody like him in particular, it would be um, an interesting conversation because I think he'd be the one that could tell you what he thinks and whether that would be the opposite of what he became or not. (laughs) I didn't didn't come up with it. Okay. So (laughs) we're... 
we got to give Peter a minute, but um, you have a spider on your microphone. All right. Oh, I do. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you're about to eat that sucker. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, spider. Oh, I could have just gotten superpowers and wrecked it. Not from those. Yeah. So uh, we're at a uh, 43 minutes ish. We have done six topics, so that's not so bad. That, that's a good way to kill off the old backlist. You know what? This is this is actually a really good idea to do when we are stuck or when we have something planned and something falls through. And it's like, oh, crap, half of our research is gone because that person can't come. And it's a little bit more structured than just a free-for-all where we end up just talking yeah. about dicks. Like, we could... We could do this, even, like, change it up. It doesn't have to be Peter and I. It could be, like, Nancy and Greg. Or, oh, yeah. like, you know, and you can even recycle some of those topics. Well, and you know I got a couple of other ideas for podcasts, yeah. too, that are coming up. So, that'll be fun. And some of these we can expand on. Like, the dinosaur topic and the Nikola Tesla topic. Like, yeah. Like, there's some here that we can expand on larger. Yeah, unfortunately, our guest had a seizure today. So, if you're listening, we wish you all the best. All we the hope best. you're feeling a lot better. Um, drink lots of water. Try to chill. Because stress can bring on more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a request from a fan. Uh, it didn't necessarily have to be final words, but I thought with the whole mayonnaise thing that it might as well be the final words. So, Peter, you have the, the request there of uh, something that someone would like you you specifically to say. And this is a new fan, so here we go. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you dang kids, you meddling kids. Mucked it up. (laughs) Good enough. Good enough. The rasp was there and everything. Yes, it's oddly fitting because uh, for the Halloween party, uh, Peter has come several times as different Scooby-Doo villains. He's come as the uh, witch doctor. He had uh, a space ghost. The oh, mummy. The mummy. The zombie. And, and yep. Duncan was the witch. Yeah. Yep. That was cute. So anyways, have a good night. Bye-bye.